Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis and psychedelics industries forward. This week, our old friend Louis Goldberg is filling in as host for a conversation with Elias the Spartan Therido, a top-ranked middleweight fighter in the UFC and a committed advocate to fighting the stigma of medical cannabis in athletics. In a monumental decision back in January 2020, Elias became the first professional athlete to receive a therapeutic use exemption for medical marijuana. Lewis discusses that process with Elias, how he uses cannabis in his training and recovery, and what he believes needs to change about the relationship between sports leagues and cannabis. In this conversation, Elias also touches on his work with New World, an augmented reality art-focused NFT company that allows creators, musicians, and celebrities to have access to an NFT distribution canvas to create and sell digital art. Elias touches on how the NFT market can be used to raise awareness and promote advocacy. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Elias the Spartan Therido. Guys, it's uh, Lewis. I haven't been on the show for a bit. You heard me a couple months ago talking about uh, KCSA's relationship with Chris Crane. Today, I am talking with Elias, the Spartan Therido. Um, Elias is um, the exact opposite of Chris. Chris is a small you know, little Jewish guy from New York City. Elias is exactly the opposite. He is a mixed martial artist who um, we were just joking could literally reach through the screen and, you know, kick my butt. Um, Elias, thanks for taking the time to join me today. No, my pleasure. And don't worry, I don't fight for free. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, as everybody knows, the Green Rush is about cannabis, um, and you are the first uh, combat sports, professional combat sports uh, athlete to be granted a temporary use exemption, both in Canada and in the United States. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, it's been a long process. It originally started when I was with the UFC, uh, um, when their partnership with USADA, the World it was sorry, the United States Anti-Doping Agency. It was a little bit of an uphill battle when I applied for a therapeutic use exemption um, because uh, uh, the United States Anti-Doping Agency basically gets all their cues from the U.S. government, which is their funder. So they look at cannabis as well as a Schedule One drug. And uh, that made it kind of difficult to essentially get my medicine, cannabis, uh, approved. Um, it was, uh, as mentioned, an uphill battle because they essentially wanted, to, wanted me to do every single other drug under the sun. Uh, only to come back to cannabis uh, to prove that it works better. Um, you know, and that include opioids, uh, painkillers, and every other type of, um, you know, antidepressant, SSRI, uh, SSRIs, and everything in between. Um, where, again, so you, not only, what do sorry, you use cannabis? I'm sorry, what do you use cannabis for, for specifically? Yep, I have bilateral neuropathy, essentially nerve damage of my upper extremities. So I use cannabis for pain management. Instead of using, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, any of the first line medicines that not only don't work as well for me as cannabis does, but also have uh, secondary um, uh, side effects that are very detrimental to me, to me as not only as a, 
an athlete, but a patient as well. Gotcha. Um, you know, we, we, we saw what happened this summer with Shakari Richardson, um, the, the U S track and field sprinter who failed a cannabis test. Um, would, is, is WADA changing its position and is that WADA is the world anti-doping agency? Is the U.S. anti-doping agency evolving around cannabis the same way it seems that Canada has been? Um, or are we still kind of in the, the dark ages of this? Um, it's like, you know, the light is uh, around the corner, I think, with uh, a bigger example, as you mentioned. Um, there's been other ones uh, throughout. Um, unfortunately, uh, again, uh, it, with these big bureaucracies, there's a lot of different, um, you know, a, a lot of different uh, people getting, um, you know, involved in the, the process. So something like uh, what happened, whether with what Richardson, whether it's, uh, you know, Michael Phelps, even beforehand, there's a stigma that uh, surrounds, um, you know, cannabis that unfortunately um, you know, has been a case of, you know, the overall stigma that happens, uh, not only, um, to athletes, just in general, more broadly speaking, where a plant, because of its, uh, perceived criminality, um, by the state, um, you know, unfortunately has, uh, you know, ruined the lives of many people just for having a plant in their hand. Um, and whether that is or an athlete or, you know, someone who, again, just happen to have a plant in your, in your pocket and, you know, seeing some serious jail time. Obviously it's going in the right direction, but, um, the U S and I think, uh, more specifically countries like uh, Japan and other ones that have like a very strict, um, stance on it are kind of like slowing down the process. Um, and, you know, obviously something like uh, Canada, as you mentioned, is a little bit on the forefront. We, for instance, um, I think it was back in 2000, like 17 or 18, um, our Olympic committee, um, you know, suggested, uh, to actually remove cannabis from the, uh, prohibited list. But, um, it wasn't the case because of, uh, again, uh, Japan and, uh, the U S amongst others, um, kind of put a kibosh on that. So obviously, um, you know, like with individuals like myself, um, the Richardson who again are in many ways being unapologetic, uh, with their cannabis use, um, you know, and, and also be willing to put their, for lack of a better word, money where their mouth is. And that's kind of what I did with the, you know, with the UFC. I left the UFC, um, you know, as a free agent and was able to essentially become an agent of change for cannabis. And um, that's what I did when I uh, left and I went to British Columbia and applied for a therapeutic use exemption with the, uh, the, the provincial government. Um, and uh, was approved for a therapeutic use exemption. The first of its kind, not only in combat sports, but also professional sports, more broadly speaking. Um, and the important thing to clarify between what I did uh, with USADA versus what I eventually got approved for with the, um, the Commission of British Columbia is that commissions are actually run by the state and provincial government. So my case is actually the first time the government of British Columbia through the commission uh, approved cannabis as a medicine in sport. So my actual case uh, sets precedent not only for myself, but other athletes in MMA and boxing, amateur and professional, and also is essentially another fund fund foundation of medical cannabis rights. And uh, fast tracking uh, today, or to today essentially, um, in the capacity of being able to then take that precedent in British Columbia, 
and bring that to um, uh, Colorado, which I was approved as well. So the first uh, state side as well. Right. And, and you're, you've fought in those states. Uh, and, you know, I think your, your last fight was, was in Colorado, was it not? Or was it in Canada? I'm trying to remember because I know you had, you've had two fights um, in the last couple of years with Hernani, Perpetuo, and then Matt Dwyer. Um, and in between, you had the change. You, you were granted the temporary use exemption. Um, so was the, was the Dwyer fight in Colorado or is that the one that's coming up? Uh, the Dwyer fight was the one that I um, had in uh, March uh, in British Columbia, uh, more specifically Vancouver, and that's the one that I was able to uh, validate my therapeutic use exemption there. And, and, um, kicked, it, actually, and, and kicked his ass. Yes, I did um, the whole way through. Um, no, it was a really great experience, um, obviously winning. Uh, but, uh, you know, that fight was the first um, combat sports back uh, post COVID. So I was really proud for myself and my team for putting together a protocol that, um, was approved by the, uh, commission, by the health board, and also by the, um, uh, uh, the labor board as well, uh, to kind of bring back, uh, mixed martial arts, uh, safely, uh, to a post COVID world. Um, and in doing so, obviously, um, one of the interesting things I did with that fight, I made it age gated 19 and 21 plus, so um, it was actually like, you know, maneuvered around any of the restrictions with advertising and it was able to essentially completely be funded by uh, cannabis, mushrooms and uh, gambling. My three favorite things. I didn't even know, we were, you know, we have a, a large exposure in the psychedelic space and work with lots of companies in this. Have you used psychedelics to help you um, envision or, you know, use the concept of, of set setting um in 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 the journey before taking the the mushrooms so that it impacts on your your experience in the ring or not square um, the octagon um both both in the capacity of both as an athlete and also uh, you know after being victorious um you know the cathartic aspect uh, and the mindfulness that is needed as well so both beginning middle and end is something i'm I'm very, uh, what's it called, in tune with both body and mind um, and what I put in myself. And psychedelics are no different. So you're in uh, in Vegas right now for the, the MJ BizCon. Um, this is the first time that there's been this kind of big conference um, for cannabis post-COVID. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing, hearing, feeling while you're there? Yeah, no, it's, it's great to be back in the capacity of, you know, People being people, um, being able to uh, say hello, being able to uh, have conversations. No, uh, no slight against our, our great conversation now, but uh, away from the computer screen, away from the uh, um, the phone screen. Uh, you know, out of the zooms and into the actual um, conference, and you know, uh, you know, meeting like-minded individuals trying to uh, fight on their own way in the cannabis side of history. You are, we're going to pivot a little bit over to crypto and then I'd like to come back to uh, cannabis for a second, but you have a new relationship with New World and Graph Blockchain um, to come up with some or mint some new NFTs. Talk about that. Like, I love the, the whole crypto space and I find NFTs absolutely fascinating. Um, my son, who's, who's 18, has gotten me focused on this. So tell me what you're doing. 
Yeah, well, we're basically going to commemorate the history of um, my knockout punch of cannabis uh, and its prohibition in athletics. So when my fight uh, is announced, uh, which should be coming out soon, uh, we'll be creating an NFT together that essentially, again, captures and commemorates that historic moment uh, inside the cage and out. And uh, it'd be really, it's going to be really something that, again, that hasn't really done been done before. And I couldn't be more excited uh, for the partnership with New World and uh, basically being able to make history uh, twice. So you're, you're literally, the NFT will knock us all out, pun intended. Yes, yes. Well, uh, whoever <laughs> whoever's looking at it, yes. That's the- exactly, right. I'm sorry. Part of the hook to this show is the bad dad jokes. And, and you know, I got, I got lots of bad I'm dad jokes. I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, I, I, you know, we'll get back to NFTs again in, in a minute, but you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, your, your last two fights, you had, you know, one fight with Hernani and then one fight with Matt, um, the fight with Hernani, you were clean, you were pre temporary use exemption. What was the difference in how you felt, how your body felt before the fight and after the fight? while you were able to consume cannabis, um, you know, in, in preparation as it became part of your training regime? Yeah, well, it's been a part of my training regime for quite some time now. I think the real difference is um, because of the components of, you know, in competition and out of competition being tested, um, you know, it, it would almost be allowed to be used all the way up until when it really, really was needed needed in the capacity of, you know, the latter, latter part of my training camps, you know, the months and the weeks and, uh, you know, the, the many diets, the many training sessions where, you know, I've been uh, hurt, I've had injuries and, uh, you know, not being able to take my medicine where, you know, in this, in the strange world that we live in, it's no problem for someone to crush a handful of Percocets right before their fight. But, you know, God forbid you happen to, to smoke a joint a couple of weeks earlier it could show up in your uh, system. So, you know, it's an outdated and uh, outdated mindset that I'm looking to physically knock out, not only for myself, but for others. You know, WADA has said that they, one of the reasons why they think that cannabis is, uh, gives a, an athlete an unfair advantage is, it, is, is its anti-anxiety uh, benefits, right? That many athletes have tremendous anxiety before, whether it be a race, a fight, a football game, whatever. And if they are able to use cannabis to lower their anxiety, that gives them an unfair advantage over other athletes. I mean, that sounds... It, it sounds completely logical and in completely insane at the same time. You know, what, what do you think about that? Well, especially if you uh, compound the fact that you can actually, and it's a very easy to get a therapeutic use exemption for anti-anxiety medicine. So again, it doesn't really hold up. It, it really has to do with everything. The component of being the United States anti-doping agency gets funded by the U.S. government. So they look at medicine the same way they do. And because cannabis is still a schedule one drug, it is looked at as no medical properties uh, to it. So again, it's an outdated mindset. They can say whatever they want in regards to, again, I think even one of the other components is it's not in the spirit of sport, whatever that means, right? Like, again, they put abstract and uh, kind of like subjective um, components uh, to kind of make, you know, the goalposts movable, if you will. Um, I dealt with that when I was with USADA, they would get essentially give me 10 bullet points of why, for instance, they never said no, they would always say denied and you can re, re um, submit it. 
to the point where, again, the, the list of things kept on going down. But by the end of the day, even though they admitted or they um, uh, what's called confirmed, they agreed that I have the condition I have confirmed that cannabis worked for me. They just essentially just gave me a list of like an un, un, unrealistic list where it's my doctor. I mean, let's exactly what would they, it's just bullshit. You know, well, to the point um, where, well, to the point where my doctor, by the end of it, he would look at some of the things that they were subscribing. He's like, we haven't suggested this since like the 80s or 90s. Like they would literally just say, OK, cannabis may work for you. But how about let's just try this very strong antidepressant and we'll just numb everything and see what happens. So, again, they're just giving me antidepressants when I'm not anti I'm not depressed. So, again, and the real kicker was. Uh, especially during my uh, my whole process through the therapeutic peace exemption when I was with the UFC, they, USADA had an anti-opioid uh, uh, campaign going on, talking about the importance of being aware of how oh, addictive uh, uh, opioids were while they were telling me to do more opioids. So right, you're, again, a com- you're a combat sports athlete. You literally get hit for a living. You live in pain and it's like, hey, you can't use this natural painkiller, natural anti-inflammatory. Um, and we really don't want you to use opioids because we know those dangers. So just suffer. And is that their fundamental thesis? No, their, their, their actual thesis was also take some opioids because that's OK. So take these different types of opioids and painkillers, but don't take opioids and painkillers. So like, again, like the, the broader campaign that they were having was athletes be aware, painkillers and opioids are very addictive. Elias, you should probably take more opioids and painkillers to prove that cannabis is uh, right for you. I, I, I've never actually met a, a mixed martial artist before. Um, I've been to Vegas many times and I've been, I, I've been there like on fight weekends and seen them walking around and, you know, you guys are a scary, intimidating group. And I know you are a really seemingly nice guy, um, and I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Tell me about that moment the first time you got hit, just flush in the face. Like, what was that experience where you got wailed? Um, well, it probably even be before fighting, uh, like, actually as a professional. Um, I, I think there's, like, a two-parter. Like, I, I think, um, you know, how I got to realize, you know, that fight-or-flight moment uh, I kind of went, it was a kind of interesting story. Like basically someone tried to fight me, um, uh, you know, in high school and I kind of like walked away from it. And then his, uh, older cousin, you know, a group of, you know, it's in school. So a group of people, you know, kind of like surrounded us or whatever like that. And I kept on trying to walk away from the, the, the situation. And I, again, high school being just being high school, basically I have my backpack with my skateboard. Like that, I'm trying to get in the scene. I'm walking away his older cousin grabs me, sucker punches me and then throws me into his cousin and a light just went off, goes off. And here's the Canadian enemy. I immediately just kind of grab him and start jerseying him. And, uh, what's it called? I remember just yeah, like filling him in the face and, uh, and, and I'll never forget him just like wobbling away. It was almost like a cartoon, but anyways, uh, I'm going to date myself here, but so it turns out someone filmed that on their razor and it kind of went around school. And um, got a little bit of street cred for that in the uh, the mean the mean streets of uh, Mississauga suburbia. But um, you know, I think I think it was there where I realized that you know many people you know in a, in a course of a fight, I, I don't necessarily look for a fight, but I, I don't have a problem finishing it. 
and uh, I kind of was born for it. So, you know, that I kind of from there went to a gym and just kind of never left. Um, I started a little later than most, but you know, it all worked out. And you still like have that love of getting into the ring and, and pitting yourself against the other guy to see who's, who's going to get out of it. No, definitely. Um, you know, I'm very lucky to do what I love, um, you know, both in the cage and, and many different ventures. Um, obviously the ones that we've already talked with new world and what I plan on doing the NFTs, um, even for instance, in Vegas, not only am I here for the MJ biz, but I'm also here for the world series of poker, um, over, over the course of, um, over the course of COVID, I kind of learned how to play poker. Um, not all by myself. Um, I actually partnered with uh, GG Poker uh, and uh, my poker coach, um, uh, Patrick, uh, who the ear Egyptian, shout out to the Egyptian. Um, and he and I kind of been, uh, you know, trading each other in regards to, uh, you know, he's taught me how to, you know, work on, put work on the, uh, the GG uh, poker felt. And I showed him how to put work in the gym and uh, he's, you know, been just as hard as a worker as I have over the course of this. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of fun along the way. So with, you know, God bless you. Um, so you, you've got one NFT lined up with, with new world. Do you have a, a view of like, a whole slate of these coming out over the course of the next, you know, six, 12, 18 months. Like what's your, what's your vision for you, you know, in crypto over the next couple of years? No, definitely. Um, you know, this is the first of many, uh, I'm really excited to, you know, again, come out swinging, um, with, uh, both history and the, the crypto and the NFT space, but also, you know, to commemorate the history that I'll be making, not only for myself, but others. Uh, this is a big, important step, uh, for not only, uh, you know, you know, sports or, or, or cannabis, the cannabis community, but also, uh, the combining of both and, uh, you know, showcasing that, uh, you know, there is a place for cannabis in athletics and that I, I couldn't be uh, happier, more proud of kind of leading the charge and, uh, in doing so, you know, I kind of come, I we kind of like, you know, it's all in a work in progress, but uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, create something that really represents, uh, that moment and have something that, um, all the fans of myself, mixed martial arts, cannabis and NFTs, uh, will be proud to own. And, uh, again, something really interesting and different that hasn't really been seen before. What's your vision of your role with the UFC in the next few years? Is it, uh, a happy remarriage? Or are we going to parallel path it? Like, what what do you see? Well, I'm focused on the fight ahead. At, uh, more specifically, I'm looking forward to again. One of the positive things about what I'm doing is the fact that um, I'm no longer a contract worker. I'm owning everything that I'm doing. So the last fight in uh, Montreal, uh, sorry, in uh, British Columbia, I own the rights to the the footage. I own the rights to the history, and I can uh, you know play that uh, anywhere and everywhere that uh, I see fit to kind of, you know, educate and advocate uh, for cannabis, uh, more broadly speaking, in, uh, in sports. And that's what I plan to do for our next fight in Colorado. Um, you know, obviously, again, having an NFT, having um, all these different components to it to uh, make it that much more special. When, where, never never. How do, when, where in Colorado, how do people get tickets? How do people watch? Uh, it's going to be announced soon. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be uh, mid to late uh, December. Um, basically, all of that's going to be announced uh, in the coming uh, weeks. Uh, we're just, you know, dying the T's, crossing the I's to, to make it official. And is the event, do you think you're going to get it sponsored by uh, a couple of cannabis companies? How are you, how's that going to work? Oh, definitely. Um, again, it, we're going to look to, 
you know, in some capacity have cannabis uh, very much uh, involved uh, through and through, not only in regards to the sponsorships, but also in regards to the storyline and the narrative and what, uh, you know, what we're trying to get across. Uh, this is going to be history. And I can't look, I'm, I can't be more excited uh, to, you know, use my fist uh, to, to make it official. You get the, um, the chemical symbol of cannabis tattooed across your knuckles. Well, I'm actually po- probably going to get it tattooed in some capacity here. I have like this whole big uh, mural that kind of represents uh, my whole process. So for those who can't sle- see, Elias has a sleeve um, that goes up his up and down his, his left arm. It's really well done. Um, and there's a ti- is that a tiger uh, on your forearm or is it's, that a, it's lion? a lion? Yeah. So it's a lion. So this is obviously a Spartan. Uh, that's my fight name. And then my, my other fight name, fight name is the main event, uh, which again, again, this is going to represent essentially my different journey as a, a fighter. And I'm going to have again, cannabis, uh, the actual, um, most like the molecule that's involved. And it's going to be different concrete and it's going to fall apart. And again, it's going to signify, uh, you know, the components of where my hand and, and also like the basis of the medical um, approval for my therapeutic use exemption is based on a, my previous life as a skateboarder, where I used to jump off of really tall buildings before I realized I was terrified of heights. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, <laughs> Wait, you're, ter- you're terrified of heights, but you have no problem getting kicked or punched. I mean, yes, I'm terrified because, of both, uh, least- by the way, heights and kicked and punched. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know what? I tried to do most of the kicking and the punching and I now try to, you know, uh, not jump off of anything. I can't tuck and roll over. Yes. As an early fifties man, I'm going to do the ducking and the hiding. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, totally. Thank you. Um, so, uh, you, you've spent some time with athletes for care. Um, You know, Athletes for Care for everybody, it's it's the premier organization that helps educate athletes on the use of cannabis and plants, plant medicines to help deal with pain and other issues. Um, what is your relationship with, with Athletes for Care and where do you see that going? Yeah, no, I'm, a, uh, I'm an ambassador, obviously, an athlete, um, you know, and just a fan of what the work that they do. Um, it's a community of, you know, like-minded athletes um, on the cannabis side of history and it you know, some of them, uh, you know, has the widest range of, you know, Mike Tyson to Ricky Williams and everyone in kind of in between, uh, there, there are some real legends in there and I couldn't be more, uh, you know, again, excited, proud, and happy to be, um, you know, a part of such a, a great team. So, um, you know, they're here with me, uh, at the MJ biz as well, um, at the booth that I'm at for, again, another component of blockchain, which is imagine BC. That was the streaming service that, um, that actually, uh, broadcasted my last fight. Um, and, and again, a big believer in blockchain, big believer in, uh, crypto. So, you know, in many ways, my whole, my whole component of, you know, fighting and whatnot is kind of all centered around that over the last little bit. Are you using blockchain to house your, your fighting content to distribute it? Uh, you know, is that, is that one of the view, visions that you have for it? Um, or am I just talking out my butt? No, that's exactly what happened with Imagine BC. It's again, built off of blockchain. It's built off of, um, again, that, um, that component of privacy, that component of, again, uh, being, uh, you know, confident that your information, um, whether it's what you put what you put in to pay for a subscription to, uh, you know, your, your membership in general, um, it, it's secured. And, uh, again, it's, it's a very interesting way to, uh, you know, do 
do something different. And that's what I've been doing with, uh, you know, Imagine BC. That's what I've been doing with A New World. And uh, that's what I look for look to be doing uh, in the cannabis space for years to come. Awesome. Well, I, I, I'm good, man. Look, I've really appreciated your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? You know, this is that moment where you can promote whatever you want. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for your time. Uh, I've had a uh, blast chatting. Uh, I really appreciate, um, you know, just the conversation and, uh, again, the ability to not only, uh, you know, uh, advocate, but also try in some way, shape or form to educate and hopefully entertain people along the way. And that's what I plan on doing in my next fight, uh, as I, you know, um, you know, get ready to make history. Do you have a, do you have an opponent named yet? I'm sorry. I, I know that. Do you have an opponent named? Have you picked uh, out who your next who victim is? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't matter what his name is. He's a dead man. But uh, what's called again? <laughs> that, all that process is gonna be announced uh, in the in the coming weeks. We're just finalizing it, and it, it's just more contractual at this point. Is is he going to be also somebody who is cannabis friendly? Is that is that going to be the theme of the the fight? Um, well, I'm gonna be uh, like technically smoking enough for the two of us, but. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, all the power to me if he is or if he isn't. Um, it, it'll be an opportunity to, again, uh, showcase uh, any potential sponsors. And that's what, uh, for instance, Matt Dwyer did. He definitely had um, partners in the in the cannabis space last time, and I couldn't have been uh, happier for him to, you know, again, promote, uh, you know, the cannabis community. Actually, you know, man, I have a couple more questions because you just spurred on some th thinking. The first is I remember reading as I was preparing for this that you said that you, as you get closer to the fight, you you scale back THC and you shift over towards CBD as you get closer to the fight. Um, is that is that is that accurate that you try to limit the psychoactive component of the, the cannabis and go to the CBD, which is much more the, the anti-anxiety, the more anti-inflammatory components? That's more in the end of the evening. So um, uh, I use cannabis throughout the day. And then um, it's more towards the evening that I tend to use CB, CBD. And then also, uh, I believe it's uh, CBN as well in regards to uh, combating the, the THC because uh, I'm a big, vivid dreamer. And uh, cannabis doesn't make you not dream. You just can't remember your dream as well. So adding the CBD allows me to, uh, you know, uh, one, uh, you know, add the additional anti-inflammatories throughout the, day, uh, the the end of the day, but also, uh, again, uh, more for the dreaming component. In the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the Virginia Slims was a major tennis tournament that was sponsored by Virginia Slims Tobacco. Can you see soon, whether it's um, combat sports or another type of, you know, limited tournament, that would be underwritten by a, a cannabis brand. Well, I definitely see it. And I even see um, what's called even some of the larger organizations like uh, UFC has partnered uh, with Aurora and the previously, uh, they have another uh, partnership that they have right now. Um, I'm pretty sure that the NHL in some capacity, uh, maybe not necessarily on the, um, on the rec side, but more in regards to the, the pharmaceutical side is partnering with cannabis in some capacity. Uh, so they've kind of gone a 180. And, you know, it's not a stretch to think that, you know, to see, uh, you know, some type of CBD uh, or, you know, THC in the near future in something like the NBA or, you know, CBD in regards to like the NFL. So I think, uh, you know, as uh, the economics become more and more clear, I think uh, a lot of uh, these, um, you know, 
uh, relics of uh, whether it's sport, relics of uh, a position uh, will change their mind uh, because, again, everyone has a price. Do you ever get, uh, do you ever have any uh, hang out with like the Sean Whites of the world and the skateboarding community? Because that's historically been a well known uh, cannabis friendly, you know, space. Space. Yeah, no, all throughout my childhood, I basically used to travel and, you know, again, jump off a really tall, uh, you know, set of stairs, set of buildings uh, before I realized I was terrified of height. And I ended up breaking my hand, two breaks, four fractures. I uh, took bone out of my hip and made me a new wrist. Um, but again, it's really weird how like it's almost a little bit of serendipity because that the 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 surgery that I had in my wrist is actually the um, the staple, uh, no pun intended, because there were a couple of staples um, to uh, my actual medical um, component of me getting a therapeutic use exemption. So everything kind of came full circle, and you know uh, I, I you know I couldn't be more you know thankful and happy and excited about my journey. All right, Elias, thank you so much. And if you see Mike Tyson, tell him I said hi. Will do. Will do.